Well, today is going to be a bit of a busy day. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to Truth to Ponder for this Tuesday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to tell you here at the beginning of the program, this segment is pre-recorded by a couple of days in advance. Today, Tuesday, the 10th of January, I'm having surgery in another town. And, And so for the remainder of this week, at least through Thursday, the programs have been pre-recorded, and I want to thank a few people for being guests on the program and to help me out. In just a little bit, I'm going to bring Jim Calhoun to the microphone to complete today's radio program. But I want to just give you a few thoughts on my mind while I'm going through what I'm going through. I really believe that this surgery should take care of a problem that I've been dealing with for over a year. It has been debilitating at times, uh, bothersome at times, and annoying at times. But the good news is once the diagnosis was made of bladder cancer, but stage zero, and the prognosis is actually extremely good, I've got some confidence and I've got a lot of things that I feel that God has called me to do and I still have some time and the ability to do it. And so we get through today and the remainder of this week to get, you know, get some healing done. I went through a similar procedure back in uh, November and, and the recuperation was not bad though they never could complete the surgery at that time. They have to finish it now. And this time when the healing comes through, it should be more permanent. And some of the issues that I face should also be gone. So I'm thinking about the future and the things that I really feel God has called me to do. You know, I saw a story, and this is kind of unrelated but related. You got a German scientist saying that climate change is now the cause of all illnesses. How crazy is that? Up until the pandemic, which, well, I believe was man-made in a lab, but that's and we'll talk about that some other day. Life expectancy over the past, oh, I don't know, 100 years has been getting better year by year. And so I don't see where climate change has been the source of of all this disease and death that they claim. You have to just don't believe your eyes, don't believe the facts, believe the rhetoric. The problem is we're in a world today where people are believing a lot of strange rhetoric and they don't think for themselves, they're not rational and they blindly follow ideology. Now, we learned something, and this is what I want you to think about today. We learned something during the recent pandemic when it all came on us in 2020. Now, I really want to take you back. I want to take you back before then. I'm going to take you back to, oh, years ago. I can remember being a church pastor and Back when I started, 
you could build a church because, you know, when you have a church in Florida, you're, you're very blessed with all these people moving from New York and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Indiana that were church going people. And so there's always this new influx of new people looking for a church. At least it was 25 years ago. Now that it's the baby boomers that are retiring, many of them were pitiful in their church attendance and never took their kids to church. And so it's not as easy as it was. And, and, and sadly, in too many of those churches, they've adopted some pretty bad theology. Wokeism, social justice, everything but, but repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Everything but. And so building a church, either you got to be an entertainment center, you got to have some kind of a hook, they, so they tell me. Simply preaching the gospel is almost not enough in today's world to fill a church building because too many of the people have been hardened against the faith. And they simply just don't want to go. They don't go. You know, Sundays for going to Home Depot or something or playing golf or whatever it is you do. But there's a remnant out there. There are those that truly believe. And they live in communities where the churches are no longer Bible-believing. And I mean, I, I see it all the time where you got these churches that are all about social justice and all the, the, the you know, the, the weird stuff. A few family-operated churches. You know what I'm talking about. The day of real revival is over in many places. We live in a world that is falling away. The Bible predicts it. And so I've been wrestling in my ministry where God is calling me. I've watched the change. And I can remember having a discussion back in 2015. How do we keep the remnant of the church together? How do we get the message to places where the gospel is forbidden? Well, radio is wonderful for that. Shortwave radio is excellent. And even the internet can be used. And I'm sure even encrypted it can be used to reach people and keep us connected. When the next pandemic comes, and there are many that claim and are already predicting that look for a new pandemic end of 2024. So what do we do during this time that we have? And it may cause me to have to depart what I've been doing or the way I've been doing it. I don't know. But I do know that I've got to find a way to keep keep those people that God entrusts to me, whether they're in my community or even elsewhere, together. And the model that we used for building churches in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s is over. We're going back to the time when the church was hated, despised, and persecuted. Increasingly so. And we have to be ready to still minister and do the things we need to do just like the early church did during those same horrible times. And the church in the United States is not ready. The church in many other parts of the world is in turmoil 
dead and gone except for a handful of true believers. And so my prayer now is to get past this week and the next couple of weeks of recuperation. Yeah, I'll be back on the radio. I'll be on the radio this week. Part of it recorded in advance, yes. And I also admit that I haven't had any kind of a vacation or a little time away from doing this program in two and a half years. And maybe now and maybe again in a few weeks, maybe I'll take a little time away. I could use it for my own health and my own, you know, mental well-being. It's hard to do this program every day. We live in an age of false narratives, a very realistic world. And many of us get caught up in this world. You know, the Bible says we are in this world and not of it. And that's part of the problem with much of the church today. We're still trying to be of the world. And the church is just our, I want to know, the thing we do on Sunday for fire insurance or gathering or fellowship or whatever. So in the days and weeks ahead, I'm going to be talking about preparing God's people for a very difficult time ahead. We have a ministry, we have a calling, we have a purpose. And one of the reasons we do the radio program, forget about the church stuff that I still want to do along with this, is to overcome the false narrative and to give you some truth from God's word that you can apply in your daily life so you may be in this world, but you are no longer having to be of this world. Become an overcomer. Now to finish out today's program on a similar theme, it's your friend and mine, Jim Calhoun. So, so Jim, you take it from here and tell us about this world in which we live. Thanks, Bob. And it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder. As most of the listeners are aware of, Bob Behrman has been experiencing some health issues that he has to take care of. And so he asked me to come in today and do the show. And I'm honored that he asked me to do this. And I'm honored to come before you today. And before I get started on the show, I think we need to really stay in prayer for Bob Behrman. Bob is fighting for his health. He's got a lot on his plate. He's a great man doing great things. And we all need to support Bob in every way we can. And I think supporting him with prayer is probably the strongest thing you can do right now. And I do know that Bob Beerman has a very large group of dedicated listeners. And I also realize that there's an awful lot of prayer warriors that listen to this show. While most of you have likely said prayers for Bob Beerman, I think we need to continue with those efforts. And I really do appreciate that. And I want to publicly wish Bob Bierman a full and speedy recovery so he can can get everything back on track the way he needs it to be. Well, when Bob asked me to do a second show, I had to come up with another topic. While I have two shows of my own, and I do the Wednesday of Truth to Ponder, that coming up with an extra topic that is going to be meaningful came rather easily to me. And today I'm going to talk about how surreal our world has become. Everywhere you look, it's deception, lies, corruption. Seems like everything and everybody has an angle 
and they're working that angle. And, of course, it all comes from Satan. And it seems like Satan is in firm control of the vast majority of people on this planet. And people are spreading this make-believe world. And if you don't believe that make-believe world, well, you're somehow stupid or somehow shunned. You're canceled. And it was a tragedy what happened to the Buffalo Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, that he collapsed on the field of play on Monday Night Football. And he's a very young man, very, very talented athlete, that happened to take the death jab. But of course, you can't say that. You can't say that the reason this young, healthy man went into cardiac arrest was because he was vaccinated. And that is totally surreal. Because this young man did indeed have a cardiac arrest, very similar to the soccer players worldwide and other athletes who have suffered heart issues while in the field of play after they took the so-called safe and effective vaccine. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a scientist, so I can't conclusively say that DeMar had his issue because of the COVID-19 vaccine. But I also am not stupid. I also observe things and read a lot and see a lot of things that are happening with athletics as far as athletes that get this concoction injected into their body. And it's not good. And even if I'm not right, even if this was something totally unrelated, don't you suppose there should be a study to determine that? Instead of, oh no, that that didn't do it. Oh no. We're living in a world where science is forbidding us to investigate. Think about that. True science is all about investigation, is all about questioning. That's what science is all about. But just like the scientists in Nazi Germany were controlled by the Nazi party to work for their agenda, it seems like that our scientists right now are working for the agenda of the New World Order. And you can't question anything. Once they say that the science is settled, then you're supposed to move on. I would imagine sometime in about 1400 that science was settled that using leeches was the right way to do it. I would suppose before 1900, the science was settled that mankind could never do powered air flight, as in an airplane. And so science is never settled. There's always new discoveries, there's always advancements made, except during this time. In this time, you cannot question science. And that is absolutely ludicrous, because that's what science is, is questioning. And so this young man who is fighting for his life, and we all need to keep him in our prayers, did not go into cardiac arrest for no reason at all. And if he had something congenital, something that he'd had for years, it likely would have showed up long before now. And I find it very interesting that the physician that gave DeMar Hamlin his COVID vaccine came out with a tweet and said, when I vaccinated him, he was healthy. It's not my fault. And he tweeted that out. And within moments, that tweet was erased. Because how dare you even think that this safe and effective vaccine could have anything to do with this young man's collapse on the field. And it's not only this episode in this instance. It's every day. 
there's a man that I've known since the 1970s, and he's a recently retired doctor, and I had a talk with him back in 2020. He told me that he had his COVID shot, and he was getting all of his boosters, and he said that he had to because that was the profession he was in, and that's what his profession told him to do. And he was a little bit skeptical of it, but he said, you know, I'm a doctor. I have to do, I have to follow what they think is right. So that's what I'm going to do. I saw him in the year 2021 and he looked okay. He looked just a little bit older, but he looked okay. And I was thinking, well, maybe this is one of the people that are going to survive this death jab without any consequences. And I was happy for that because this gentleman is truly a very nice man. He's a very good person. Well, I saw him last week, and it had been probably 18 months since I've seen him. I looked at him, and I could see that it was him by his eyes, because this doctor always had very bright eyes. And I saw this old, haggard face looking at me with these bright eyes. And he came up and said, Hi, Jim, how you doing? And I recognized his voice. I recognized his eyes. But this man who is in his 60s, looks like he's in his 80s. He looked haggard, bent. His complexion of his skin was beet red. And to be honest with you, I've seen people that are homeless that look better than this man. And he told me that he had to retire from his practice. And I visited with him for a few minutes, but it was very hard to do because I know, even though I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist, I know why this man's health deteriorated so rapidly. And so it's not just football players and soccer players and boxers and track athletes and other people that are falling over dead or having issues in front of our eyes. It's our friends. It's our neighbors. It's our families. And I've received several letters from people that listen to my show that it's even closer to home. It's them. They look in the mirror and they see it. And they know what's going on. The people instinctively know, but they don't dare say. And so we have the surrealistic world to where you can really see what's going on, but you can't acknowledge that you do see that. And every day you have the lying mainstream media and all the propagandists that come out against anyone that would dare to even suggest that this safe and effective vaccine is causing issues. And to add to the surrealistic properties of all of this, remember before the 2020 election was stolen and it was Donald Trump's vaccine and nobody wanted to take it? I'm not going to take Donald Trump's vaccine. But when they were successful at stealing the election, all of a sudden they mandated this vaccine and it was not Donald Trump's vaccine anymore. And the United States is the only country that's pushing this death jab onto young babies and small children. And we have to look at things as they are, not as what we're told they are. But I'm going to make a prediction that every family that's had anyone that's got this death jab, every family is going to see loved ones basically deteriorate right before their eyes. It was sad to see this man that I had known for so many years. Because of his profession, he took all of the boosters and all the shots. And this man was always active and always energetic. He was always one of these people that when he walked into the room, you noticed because he stood tall. 
He walked, not proud, but he walked correctly. His posture was good. He had a great smile, and I mentioned his eyes. He had these really nice shining eyes, and so when he walked into a room, everyone knew it. Well, now he could walk into a room, and most people would look at him and say, look at that pitiful old man. And to see that transformation really hit home. And I've seen other people who I know that have got the death jab. I have friends that have contracted cancer immediately after they took this death jab. But they act like, oh, well, I guess I just have had cancer for years and it's just now popped up. And I don't understand why the damaged people are so reluctant to even consider that this concoction, this death jab, is to blame for their deterioration of health. I don't understand that. Now, I've had several people write me letters that have told me that, yes, they do know that they took the shot. And yes, they do know that it's hurting them or it's killing them. But anybody that I know that's a friend or an acquaintance that I've known for years that's deteriorated since they've had this injection, none of them will even remotely consider that that is the root cause of their problem. And every day there's more evidence that this so-called vaccine is anything but safe and effective. I know that Bob Bierman has spent hours on Truth to Ponder with facts and dates and doctors and instances of how this was developed and what it's for and the gain of function and the culpability of Dr. Fauci and it seems like at the University of North Carolina and there's an awful lot of things going on behind the scenes. And now we find there's over 30 bioweapons labs in Ukraine. Now, who in their right mind would take a country like Ukraine and put a biolab in? Just one, because that's unstable. That's been unstable for years. There's been fighting in Ukraine for years. There was a coup in 2014 when the CIA fomented a color revolution. And so all of a sudden, we have all these biolabs show up in Ukraine. That is surrealistic. Who in their right mind would put a biolab in a place where there's active warfare? That makes no sense. Almost everything worldwide, and I'm talking big picture here, almost everything that's pushing the direction of where mankind is going is doing it with lies and deception, and it's very surrealistic. Seems like up is down and down is up and left is right, right is left. There's just so much to confuse the people. And I do think that's one of their goals is to keep everyone very confused. And the ones who are awake, like Bob Bierman is totally awake, and I hope that I'm totally awake. I feel that I am, and there's others, that we see what's going on, so we try to point it out. And then we're the bad guys. We're the ones spreading disinformation. So I guess that if I was at that scene of the Wizard of Oz, when the curtain was pulled back by Toto, and all of a sudden the main characters of the story found out that the Wizard of Oz was a phony, and when they confronted him on him being a phony, if I was one of the wizard's guards, I'd say, that's disinformation. He's the great wizard. It's that bad. 
The curtain has been pulled back. Toto has done his job. And we see what's going on. We see athletes falling over dead or severely injured on the field of play. We see co-workers that have to retire early. We see people that have been young and vibrant and pillars of their community become shells of themselves. We've seen people that have been damaged by spike proteins that have been shedded by people recently boosted or vaxxed, and I'm a victim of that twice. We see young children being vaccinated and dying. We see things happening worldwide that are absolutely criminal. But yet, we have the majority of people that are shielding this. And I've asked the question many times during my life, why didn't the German people see what was going on in Nazi Germany? What was wrong with those Germans in the 1930s? What was wrong with them? Why didn't they see their country just disintegrating? Why didn't they see that? Why didn't they see a reckless war coming? Why didn't they see the treatment of Jews and things like that? Why didn't they see any red flags? And why didn't they speak out? Well, I'm telling you right now, we're living in that same type of a surrealistic bubble. We have things going on in the United States right now that are far worse than anything that Nazi Germany ever cooked up. You might say, well, how is that? The Holocaust killed millions. What do you think this death jab has done? And it's also changing people's family trees by making people sterile. So we're sitting here just exactly like the Germans in the 1930s, and we're watching it happen, but we're not seeing it. I'm talking about society as a whole. Where I can assure you that Bob Beerman sees it, and I can assure you that I see it, and there's a handful of other independent broadcasters that see it, and we're all trying to get others to see it. We're trying to wake you up. But a lot of people don't want to be woke up. And it's just surprising how many people will actively come against anyone who dares go against the stated narrative of the powers that be. You have millions of people that still listen to the mainstream media, and they believe every word. And how are you going to get to these people? They're living in this surrealistic world, and they've accepted it. And what they don't understand is they are the first ones that are going to be suffering the consequences. They're the ones that are getting the death jab. They're the ones that are suffering the health problems. They're the ones that are taking years off their life. They're the ones that their families will not go on as far as any offspring because they're going to be sterile. And I've had several people say, well, just sit back and let it happen. And all these people that are brainwashed, let them do it to themselves. Well, it's not that simple, folks. These people who are brainwashed aren't stupid. They really aren't. They've been deceived. They've been deceived by the greatest deceiver of all time, and that's Satan. And I've been deceived by Satan before, and I'm sure most everybody has. Satan is very, very good at deception. And there's people that are willing to follow anything they're told. And it's easier to believe that lie and go with the crowd than it is to really look at things and step away from the group and tell people the truth. People would rather hear a convenient lie. And if you tell them the truth, and that means they have to wake up and they have to see some things they don't want to see, well, they get mad. Even in our world of technology, 
We have electric cars. They have the masses saying, oh, wow, great, we're saving the planet with electric cars. Do you realize, I do realize that electric vehicles are fine, but they have their limitations. They're not an end all or they're not what they claim to be. First of all, in cold weather, they don't hold a charge. You'll have to charge an electric car in sub-zero weather a minimum of four times a day because the cold just zaps the power right from the batteries. They don't tell you that when they sell you the car. Also, if you have a problem with the battery and the battery explodes, it'll be like a blowtorch and it shoots flames from under the car. And I'm talking shoots them out, not just passively, but actively throws them out like a flamethrower. That if you're in a car that the battery explodes and does that, you've only got seconds to get out of that car. And not only get out of the car, but get away from the car. Because the sparks and the flames fly for, I've seen them, five to six yards, all directions. And of course, those flames go underneath vehicles that are parked next to them. And if they're electric vehicles, every vehicle will be destroyed by the one. I've watched several videos of this happening at charging stations. But yet they don't tell you that. They just tell you that you're saving the planet. But then when you look at the rare earth materials that go into building the batteries and also the pollution that's caused by making these batteries, that you're really not saving the planet. You're just trading one pollution for another. That's all you're doing. And the batteries don't last that long. And the battery is the main expense of the car. And so if your battery in your electric car goes out, you go to get a replacement battery, you're going to fall over from sticker shock what's going to cost you just for the battery to put it in your car. And that's another thing that they don't really want you to know. And that's the high cost of a replacement battery. But the worst thing about the electric cars is that they do take energy. They do take resources to charge the batteries on these cars. And people think they have an electric car, they're just going to drive for free. I don't know where they get that idea, but it's been planted in their head. But we don't have enough electricity that's being produced in the United States or Canada or anywhere else to support large numbers of electric vehicles being charged. So if you think the power grid is shaky now, if you think there's a possibility of brownouts and blackouts now, If you think the price of electricity is high now, you just wait until millions of electronic vehicles hit the road and and everyone needs to charge their car at the same time because they all need to go to work in the morning. And so let's say that the majority of people get home between 6 and 7.30 at night. Well, guess what's going to happen between 6 and 7.30 at night every night when there's millions of electric vehicles on the road? There's going to be huge power spikes. And these same people that want electric cars, they want to see all the coal-fired power plants shut down. Well, where are they going to get the electricity to charge their car? Primarily from coal-fired power plants. That's what I mean by a surrealistic world. We seem to be living in a world where common sense is just not even here. People don't seem to look at things farther than their nose. And traditionally, people have always looked ahead and they've always weighed all their options before they made a decision. 
But right now, we're just being told, decide or else. And you better decide right, because if you don't decide the way we tell you to decide, well, we're going to cancel you. And that's what's happening. And I, for one, am always going to rebel against that, because it's against my nature, and it's against human nature to allow people to treat you that way, and also to forget that you have any common sense or intelligence and just blindly follow what these talking heads on the radio and television tell you to do. I'm just not built that way. And so we are living in a very surrealistic world. And I'm going to be touching on that and other things on the second half of Truth to Ponder. And I really do appreciate you listening today. And once again, I want to thank you for your prayers for Bob Bierman. And I'll be right back after this. And thank you, Jim, for helping me out today on this program. And I want to just take a moment just to thank you also for your support of this radio ministry, those that are listening and those that are praying for me. And today, by the time you're hearing this, my surgery should be over. And it's the same kind of surgery I had back in, in November, so we're not really concerned about it. We know there's going to be a, a time of healing and, and, and getting adjusted. Last time it was fairly quick. And I hope to be back before this microphone on a regular basis, either at the end of this week or maybe next Monday. Regardless, I still want to thank you for all your prayers. And really, this time of healing and being away from not having to do the program every day may also be a blessing in and of itself. I want to remind you, if you believe in this radio ministry, you can support us from our website, which is truththenumber2ponder.com truth the number two ponder.com we, we really do need your need your help to stay on shortwave radio and if you can help us you can make a check payable to ancient word radio ancient word radio and the mailing address is post office box 510 p.o box 510 chilhowie virginia chilhowie virginia the zip code is 24319 Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. And like I say, you can also support us from our website, Truth, the number two ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The power of the seed coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Messiah tells us the, the parable of the sower and through the seed to the ground. Now the question was, where was the power? Was the power in the seed or the ground? Well, only the good ground bore life, the bad ground didn't, so it seemed like the ground made the difference. But the good ground was simply the ground that received the seed. The seed is the thing with the power. It's not the ground that produces the fruit, it's the seed. The ground just receives the seed and produces fruit. You know, only by the seed doing its thing. So the key to the abundant life in God, it's not about you trying to produce good works in God, or produce holiness in God, produce righteousness, produce, produce, you can't. 
any more than the soil can produce anything without the seed. It's the seed that produces the fruit. The seed is the word of God. So the word of God produces fruit in your life. The word of God has the power. The word, not in the seed bag, but in the soil. Once you take the word of God, join it to your life, to the soil of your life, to your everyday life, water it with faith in the Holy Spirit. It'll do its thing. You don't have to convince it. It'll just do its thing. It'll release the life and grow. The power is in the seed. The power is in the word. Power is with God. Our part is just to re- receive it. Let it happen. Let it come in. Let it do its thing to become good receivers, become, become good soil for the seed because the power is in the seed. The soil that becomes good at receiving will blossom with life tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. Receive the seed. It'll change your life. Want more? Ask for the word on CD. Now, the free gift for you, the most incredible awesome mystery of the temple doors on cd you'll love it it's amazing and you'll it's yours free and also the super spiritual supplement to have you have a strong walk in the lord sapphires you'll have a victorious life all free how do you get these gifts all free easy just remember the real name of jesus yeshua and dial it just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts you will be blessed but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1 now my friend you're on this earth for a great purpose to be a blessing i invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world salvation to five continents with over a billion people imagine you could blanket this planet with the gospel. You can. The farthest way you can ever spread the gospel, Shoy Radio, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying... Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend and Messiah, Hadavar Elohim, the Word of God. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to the second half of the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your guest host, Jim Calhoun, sitting in for Bob Beerman today. And Bob has got some medical procedures that he's doing this week. And I'm sure that he'll tell you about it when he returns to this microphone. Well, I've been talking about how surrealistic this world is and how basically it's a fairy tale. It's a fantasy. Everywhere you look, we have some sort of a fantasy going on that that we're being force-fed and told that we better believe it or else. One of the fantasies is that that the 2020 election was fair and honest. But yet, they like to call you an election denier. Do you really think that Maricopa County in Arizona, do you really think that county's honest? Do you think that they're not corrupt? Well, if you think that, then you're living in a fantasy world. Do you think the elections that they had in Georgia for the Senate race, do you think those were open and honest? Well, if you do, then... I think you live in a fantasy world. And also, what are the true differences between Republicans and Democrats? As far as I'm concerned, they're all just a bunch of corruptocrats. They're just different sides of the same coin. And holding out any hope in anything that mankind has developed, whether it be a government or institution or a program or anything, holding out hope that something that man has devised and developed is going to somehow be an end-all, 
as far as being totally harmless to the world and being just an absolute asset, nothing else, I think is fallacy. We should not pin our hopes on mankind or mankind's institutions. Our hopes should be pinned on the kingdom of God and the God that we serve. In my opinion, it takes God to perfect things, and it takes man to mess everything up. That's one reason I live such a simple lifestyle, is because I see that the world as it is going, the trajectory that it's on, is something that I really don't want to be along for the ride to do. And so I'm closer to the earth, I'm closer to the rubber meets the road type of living, and I feel doing that I'm closer to God. Not that I worship the creation, I don't worship earth, but it seems that the simple lifestyle keeps my head clearer and cleaner to where I can spend more time reflecting on what needs to be done and how to stay in God's will and to have a better prayer life and everything else. I don't have the distractions. Now, you might say that doing these shows is a distraction, and and yes, these shows do break up that type of a lifestyle because I have to jump into the quote-unquote real world, which is ironic, to be able to put on these shows. But the more I delve into the quote-unquote real world, the more phony and fake I see it to be. Getting back to this death jab, how many times were we told it was safe and effective? How many billboards did you see? How many gas pumps did you go get gas that had a little screen that was having some sort of news or entertainment coming off your gas pump that about every five minutes would tell you to get your COVID jab. How much propaganda have you seen on the side of a bus that told you to get the safe and effective vaccine? How many times did you go to your own doctor or pharmacist and were told it was safe and effective? And all you would have to do is ask by whose measure By what scientific proof and what measure was used to determine that this was safe and effective? If you just ask that simple question, well, you're a vaccine denier. And I personally don't mind being called a vaccine denier because after learning about this vaccine, I've learned about others and I've really delved into the world of autism and the cause of autism. And while I'm not a scientist or a doctor, I feel deep down in my gut that the vaccinations and the autism are related. And I also don't think that this world depopulation event is anything new. I think it's been going on for generations. It's just now they have the ability to do it on a much larger scale. I know that in most areas of the world, the obituary page has a lot more people on that than birth announcements. I have listeners to my show who also listen to Truth to Ponder, and it's Darren and Linda that live in Missouri. They pointed out that they were paying attention to their newspaper as far as birth announcements and also the obituaries. And they wrote me a nice letter that told me all about what they're experiencing. And that's something that they're experiencing, is the fact that the population is going down. And while some people think the world is overpopulated, They say, we can't possibly feed everyone. The world is just totally overpopulated. You do realize the people that are saying that live in the big cities to where they feel cramped and they feel claustrophobic. And everywhere they look, there's people and there's buildings and there's cars and there's all sorts of things. 
But have you ever driven across Wyoming? Have you ever driven across Nevada? Have you ever driven across western Nebraska? Ever driven across New Mexico? This world has so much room for people that it's incredible. You might say, well, how can you feed everyone? Well, if you had people involved in agriculture like they used to be, used to be that the majority of people that populated the United States either could grow their own food or did. If we return to that lifestyle, of course everyone could be fed. And it's a false narrative. Everywhere we turn, we're fed a false narrative. The vaccines are safe and effective. The planet's overpopulated. We have climate change. We're destroying the planet. And it just goes on and on. All of this disinformation. But yet you have people that were really raised with that in our public school systems. And we're seeing the fruits of that right now. If you ever go online and look at all of these people who are woke, that are triggered, that all you have to do is tell them no, and they scream like a bunch of babies. Babies that didn't get their toy or didn't get their way. There are people in their 20s and in their 30s that are still throwing a tantrum that that you should have outgrown by the time you were three years old. And while I don't like to be around those people, I can't blame them. I can blame them for not growing up and not taking the bull by the horns and understanding that their actions are wrong and they need to change. But I don't blame them for them initially being in the shape that they're in because that's how they were taught. Their parents weren't allowed to discipline them because that was child abuse. And they get into school and the schools coddle them. And if they have some sort of a track meet or whether it be a scholarly or athletic event, there are no winners, no losers. Everyone gets a participation ribbon. Everyone's coddled, giving them safe spaces and coloring books and crayons when they're 18 years old. That is building a world of weaklings. And that's one reason that the world is in such dire straits right now is because the most progressive people, and I use progressive here in a good way, the most progressive civilizations on the planet are the ones that gave us the highest standard of living ever. And I'm not talking progressive politics. I'm I'm talking about people who would get up in the morning and get motivated and they would be self-starters and they would get something done and they'd feel proud of their accomplishment and they'd do it again the next day. Now we have a group of people, a whole society of people, that I don't even know why they really don't have a reason to get up other than to maybe go to the mail and get their check. There's so many systems in place to coddle people, but you don't dare point that out because that makes you some sort of a phobe. I don't know what kind of phobe that is, but I'm sure they do have a word for that. But the word that I hear that describes these coddled people are snowflakes. And we have snowflakes everywhere. And all it takes is maybe one word or maybe even a glance or a gesture. And they totally melt. They go into total meltdown. And I think this is also done on purpose because once these globalists get everything they want and they get complete power and control, do you think that these snowflake type people are going to be any threat? to do anything to try to get the control back? Do you think these people are going to actively try to better themselves and be self-starters and entrepreneurs and 
leaders or are they just going to be the sheeple that wait for their check every month that can be controlled very easily? It seems like that the latter is the case. As long as a group of people have their video games and their drugs and their beer boarding event on TV, they're fine. They don't care about anything else. Now, they may claim to care about other things, but actions do speak louder than words. I could claim that I care about people. I could claim that I want to make a difference. But if I claim that I did, but still did nothing about it, then all I'm doing is deceiving myself. And so that's one reason I started broadcasting is I want to make a difference. So instead of keeping everything to myself or complaining about things or trying to come up with solutions but not sharing them, then I'm part of the problem. And that's where I'm going to be taking the show the rest of the way as far as this episode is self-deception. We have to understand that we are not to be deceived. And the Bible states, let no man deceive you. And when the Bible says, let no man deceive you, I truly do believe that that means even yourself. But you should not let anyone deceive you. But don't deceive yourself. In a surrealistic world where everything seems to be fantasy, there has to be some stability somewhere. Or you'll turn into a person like these snowflakes that can't handle anything. And so I think each and every one of us needs to be as grounded in realism as we possibly can. Now you might say, well, who defines what's real and what's not? Well, it's very simple. Things that are real exist. Things that are not real don't exist. If you just want to put it in a simplistic way, like transgenderism does not exist. There are people that will claim that they're transgender, but there are two genders, male and female. That's regulated by the DNA and the hormones and just the whole chemical makeup of who you are. And it doesn't matter how many surgeries you have or how many hormones you take or how many quack doctors that you see that want to mutilate you. You still have the chromosomes that say you're a male or you're a female. And so you have to deal with reality, and that is reality. And of course, the fantasy world would call that hate speech. Now, why would, why would it be called hate speech if you're telling someone the truth? Well, who is the author of truth? God. Who is the author of a lie? Satan. And so the people that come against truth are ultimately coming against God. And the people that are willingly spreading lies, they're working for their father, Satan. And again, that's real. Some things either are or they aren't. And if they are a lie, they come from the author of a lie. They come from Satan. And Satan hates truth. And so I think that we need to live in a spirit of truth and we need to walk in truth. But we need to take control of the situations in our life to understand that the surrealistic, phony world that's all around us is a total lie. It's a total sham. It's a farce. And to be ostracized from that world and canceled from that world isn't really that bad of a thing. Because I don't want to fit in with a society that doesn't know the difference between a male and a female. 
I don't want to fit in with a society that's ruled by Satan. I don't want to fit in with a society that pushes fake medicine and fake science, as in the vaccine is safe and effective. I don't want any part of that. As a matter of fact, I'm on the opposite side of the fence. I want as far away from that as I can get. It would be real easy for me to crawl into a shell and just kind of let the world go by. But that's not why God has me on this earth right now. I don't want to see my brothers and sisters deceived, not by anyone, including themselves. Now, self-deception comes in many forms. And there's one thing I've been noticing is that almost everyone thinks they're smarter than they are. Maybe that's human nature. Maybe I'm included in that. I don't know. But I've met a lot of people that, that had way too high of an opinion of their intellectual capacity. And the same goes with people with money. I've met people that have quite a bit of money, and they flaunt it. But I've met people that are really, truly, honestly wealthy beyond belief. But those people don't flaunt it. You'd never know that they had any money at all. But they're the ones that are worth millions. But the ones that want you to think they have a lot of money, well, they sure crow about it. And they may have 100000 in the bank or so, but they act like they're trillionaires. And they're living a phony life as well. I know growing up, I had a lot of family members that were trying to keep up with the Joneses. And so if someone in the neighborhood got a new car, it wasn't a day or two later that they would have to have a new car. And I remember I was at a family event when I was probably six years old that I heard one of the family members say about their new car, wait till the neighbors see what we just bought. And even at six years old, I I understood that was the wrong way to think. And I asked, what does the neighbors have to do with this? They're not going to drive the car. Of course, they all give me a strange look. But the thing of it is, is that we can't do things for other people. We have to do things for ourselves and our families. And we have to do things for our Creator. And so if you will work on not deceiving yourself and look at yourself for who you are and what you are and how you are, and know that God made you who you are. Now, whether you're fulfilling what your purpose is, is between you and God. But I think you have to get honest with yourself and understand that God did put you here for a reason. And you can't be self-deceptive about it. You have to go to God in prayer and be open to listen to whatever answer that God will give you. But if we can walk in the light, and if we can walk in the truth, then all of a sudden, all the lies of the world and the deceptions don't seem to affect us near so much. And so if we're not deceiving ourselves, that's the first part of not being deceived by Satan. And I do believe in this world of indoctrination, and I know that we've all been indoctrinated, me included, that detoxing from that does take a little bit of time and some effort. But once you start detoxing from this whole toxic society that Satan has ruling over and that Satan has control over, then all of a sudden your eyes become more wide open and you can see clearer and cleaner. And with everything that you can finally see it for what it is, that allows you to see even more. And so the end result is that if you keep growing in that aspect, that it won't take that much time before 
you'll be able to see through everything. That you'll hear a news broadcast and know immediately that they're lying to you. Or someone will tell you that you need to be something or do something, and you'll know instinctively that it is something that's detrimental to you, and so you don't want to do it, such as taking the death jab. And another thing that would likely happen, I would hope that it would happen, that you would break free of caring what other people think when these other people are obviously delusional because the Bible does say that there is going to be a great delusion come on a lot of people. And I do believe that's happening too. But that's a whole other story. But why would you want to be in the good graces of people that are thinking wrong, people who are deceived or delusional? Why would you want to be part of that group? And so if someone comes against me for what I'm doing and what I'm thinking, I'll be respectful to them. But honestly, I don't care what they think because all of the people who have shown that kind of an attitude towards me, I know are part of the deceived. And so I don't put any stock in someone who's deceived. And so I don't really care what someone who's living in deception really has to say about anything. It kind of goes back to that old story about the boy who cried wolf. He cried wolf so many times that when there actually was a wolf, no one believed him. All I'm trying to say is, is that you will wake up to the fact that there's so much deception all the way around that you'll learn to get a discernment of what is real and what is not. And if you don't get that discernment, you need to pray for it. But once you hit that point to where you can discern things, then all of a sudden you have a freedom that most people don't have. And that's the freedom of being a critical thinker. And the world needs more critical thinkers right now. And so walk in truth. Don't let anyone deceive you. Know that we're living in a world of deception. And know the author of that deception is Satan. Stay in prayer and stay strong. Well, I hope someone got something from this program today. Again, I want you to pray for Bob Bierman. Pray for his recovery. And I would hope that you would consider donating to Truth to Ponder to keep Truth to Ponder on the air. And that's easy to do. All you have to do is go to Bob's website, which is truth2ponder.com, and click on the support tab. And once you click on the support tab, it'll guide you through how to electronically donate to Truth to Ponder. And if you want to do it old school by mail, you can send a check or money order, and you'd write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. And you would mail to Truth to Ponder, Post Office Box 510, Post Office Box 510, Chill Howie, C H I L H O W I E, Chill Howie, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319. And your donations are very much appreciated. Well, I want to thank you for listening today, and I want to wish Bob Beerman a speedy recovery. And I will be back tomorrow on the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And so until then, stay strong, stay positive, stay teachable, but most important of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. To find out more, Visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. 
That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.